Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. If your team is struggling to perform consistently, the problem may stem from a lack of clear identity or purpose. Luckily, we have a solution. We have two books that we usually don't talk too much about. Our first book is Imbar, The Pathway of Transformation. Imbar is an identity mapping process that you can build that looks at how you see yourself currently and then design a destiny you desire. Our other book, Speed of Purpose, is a process for building a clear and compelling purpose that can then be wrapped around your people, your performance, and your processes of your organization. You can read all about both of these books on our website, capology.org. And for anyone who has purchased copies of them, we'd love to get more reviews on Amazon.com. It would really help us out to see a few more from some of our raving fans. And as for tonight, we're continuing our series on engagement, where we'll be discussing the connection between expectations and accountability. And we'll share a suggested process for developing formal, consistent methods to establish both and create real, lasting engagement and execution from your teams. So let's go ahead and get the show rolling with Martinez. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Good, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited for tonight's topic. Um, You know, I just had a conversation with an organization. We were talking about accountability and uh, how you create that around expectations. And I, th- I think the connection of these two, really, it's it's an innate thing that leaders often don't draw the line and, and really make that connection. And I think, um, in, in fact, honestly, in every single workshop I've taught, I think, in, in Gapology, it always comes down to this. When we get to the accountability root solution that's under the, the action gap, it always falls back to whether or not the leader set clear expectations. So um, I, I'm really excited for this. I think the two are really connected. And as you know, I was looking at the engagement series, I thought, God, what powerful tools to create engagement. And I'd love to get your thoughts around how um, these different elements create engagement and, and all that. So, so what do you think? Well, no, you're, you're right on. So when you set clear expectations, and create accountability around that, you create engagement. Mm -hmm. It's one of the significant methods of creating engagement. The team gets engaged because you're engaged. So you've set a clear expectation, you've created accountability around it, and uh, that seems to work. So uh, I love the way you've, I'm looking at your notes here. So you've got this laid out in a five-step process Uh, This is right on. So Mm -hmm. well done. If you're taking notes, make note of the five steps. These five steps work. They create engagement and they move results significantly. So Mm -hmm. no, it's, it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It really does seem to be at the heart of Gapology, you know, really these two key pieces. Yeah. Gapology really uh, centered around the fact that the winning leaders set clear expectations, and that closed the knowledge gap. Those clear expectations then closed the importance gap, and they created the path 
to closing the action gap. So oh, Gapology yeah. worked with the leaders that set clear expectations. You and I saw example after example of leaders that did not set clear expectations. They failed at Gapology. They failed in results. And those that set clear expectations were, were the winners. So that one thing really did the K, the I, and the A, mm -hmm. the knowledge, importance, and action. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in fact, uh, you know, oftentimes I'll, I'll just get into a conversation with a leader who's struggling or whatever. And I'll say, well, so what are the expectations? What have you defined for them? And so often they can't articulate their expectations, especially at the level of detail that we're talking about. But even just at a high level, um, you know, they really can't articulate them. You know, they might talk about goals and things like that at the, you know, at the like yearly performance appraisal and, and those types of things. But but when you get down to how that translates to actual expectations, they cannot articulate that. Well, and what you and I did back in the day was hand each of their subordinates an index card. Mm -hmm. yeah. and said, write down what your leader expects of you. And then we did a match to what the leader wrote down on their index card. And we found the gap between the top and the bottom. The A group was 87% match, which was terrific. And the bottom was 14% match. So when expectations weren't clear, results didn't happen. When expectations were clear, results happened. So, and, it, and what we didn't do back then was measure engagement. I can guarantee you that the engagement level of the A group that had the 87% match rate in expectations had a dramatically higher engagement level than the C group. Oh yeah, definitely. If you, if you just kind of put yourself in the position of the other group, you know, the bottom group, and you're not clear on what your boss is expecting of you, You'll never be engaged at the same level that the other group is. Confusion doesn't create engagement. Yeah, yeah, no, really. It yeah, it creates fear and anxiety, and yeah, and chaos. Chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And letters of resignation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go work somewhere else. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's that's you know, that's the basics of gapology, but. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, uh, anyhow. It, so cool. Well, let's walk through worked. these, uh, these five steps. So, uh, you want to okay. walk us through? Yeah. So the first step, uh, so if you're taking notes, write this down. So define the results expectations. So we have seen over and over again in organizations that when they come to grips with the results they can achieve, they understand a metric that equals the purpose they have, the business model they have, et cetera. And then, then they share it with the team. And then they set that as an expectation. That result in and of itself creates significant engagement. You can find that result if you're in a large organization simply in the performance of the top performers. The top performers lead you to what's possible. You can likely go beyond that, but they at least get you to the starting point of what's possible. 
So, you know, on a scale of one to a hundred, if you had a group of people in the organization that were achieving 95 and the range was down to 65, you know that the 95 is possible. And therefore, that's likely the expectation once you once you fully understand it. So look at your own team and look at the top performers and you'll come to grips with what the expectation should be. The other thing you can do is look at industry leaders. So if you compete with others, uh, what are they doing? What are they producing? So you know that's possible. That's another great thing to look at. You can also just look at the financial impact scenarios. So if there's a number that gets you to the financial number you need to get to, that also becomes key to you. So you've got to define the results for the team. You've got to set a number. Team, we are going to achieve 95% on this metric. That's the expectation. And that simple definition, that clarity, consistency, and rhythm really create engagement in the team. Mm-hmm. And and they they begin the path to achieving that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to have an end in mind. You know, Covey talked about that, right? In Seven Habits, he talked about having an end in mind. And you do have to have a vision of what great looks like. What is your goal? What is the thing that you're going after? What's the objective? And what you mentioned there by, you know, looking at your top performance, that's that's absolutely the way to, to go because you know it's possible. And you can, you know, see the things that they've done and which leads us into the next piece. But um, understanding what's possible is really that first step. Yeah. Before we leave this one, the, the other thing we've seen is in the top performing teams, everybody is clear on that number. Mm-hmm. You could go around the room and everybody would be, would understand that number. And that's a big deal. So now you've got clarity in their minds that that's the number you already know it's being achieved by others. So therefore, it's it's not out of the range of possibility. And uh, that really sets the stage for significant engagement. There, there are people that are going to really want to go after that because you've been clear. If you look at the opposite of that, as Brian mentioned a minute ago, just what's the number we're going after? Uh, I don't know. That doesn't get you anywhere. If everybody's able to say we're going after this number, that creates an energy, it creates an engagement level with the team, and it begins the process. And again, it's not some farcical number. You know that it's possible. You know that it's real and that it sets it in motion, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Yeah. And one other thing I'd say here, too, is is if you don't really have somebody that's a a top performer, if you've got really a, a group of people, kind of mediocre performers, and, and you really don't have clarity on what that result expectation is, I think there's some things you can do there as well. We had talked about an, an A-team event that we did years ago um, that gave us uh, the ability to really measure what was possible. You know, So I would say you know, test it where you can. Uh, look for examples of of what's possible, but you know, put in motion some ways to to kind of test the limits of of what you're able to achieve. It's interesting when you look back over 
uh, the the time that you're talking about and look at the people that were part of our A-team events. Uh, I can speak to them by name. I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we brought together a group of people to try and determine what was possible. We brought the best of the best together to perform to see what was possible. When I look back at that group of people, I mean, on my LinkedIn today, those are presidents of companies, chief operating officers. They're very successful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. They, yeah. they, they likely benefited from the A-Team event. It was it was a game changer. We we had not thought of it. So bring this. It, it's the all star game. Bring the superstars together in whatever business you're in, and let them work together for a week and see what can be achieved to allow you to understand as the leader what's possible. So those people on our Brian on our team on our direct team they are very successful today to the person. Yeah, think yeah, about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you think about engagement. Yeah. Did that group achieve a higher level of engagement by being surrounded by other A-team players? Right. I bet they did. Absolutely. I bet it changed their lives. I bet it changed their careers uh, significantly, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those A-team events, which I've never heard anyone else doing, are pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's move to the next piece. And the, the next one really connects to the results expectation. So this one's defining behavioral expectations. Yeah. So if you know that number is the number, whatever it is, let's say it's 95, I'm making it up. Uh, what are the behaviors that equal the number? So that's a big deal. You need to know what they are. So you need to simply observe those that are achieving that number, learn from them, zip your lips and take notes, watch, <laughs> yeah. uh, shoot, a, shoot a video, maybe you ask some questions and learn how to achieve that metric. What, what are the behaviors that equal that? You can then, you could create a sample group and model those behaviors and measure the impact. You could observe competitors that were already there and just see what they're doing that may be different. Uh, What's best in class look like in whatever you do. And you've now tied a set of behaviors to a metric. That's huge. So you said, we're going to achieve this metric, but now you've said, these are the behaviors that equal that and we're going to train you in these and we're going to we're going to bring these to life and if you talk about engagement the team that is is with you during this that has learned those behaviors is incredibly engaged learning creates engagement so you've given them something significant and you've taught them how to perform extremely well in their roles so so determine the behaviors that equal the number. Yeah, I, I think that that's the key is is really, first of all, defining the results and then defining the behaviors that get the results. Um, we're talking about cause and effect. 
So when you really look at those things, you know, what is driving the results that you're looking for? And by looking at your A-team players, it, it really can become very clear. And then you can turn to your team and you can say, hey, I expect you to do this in order to deliver this. I mean, those are really how you can really clarify the expectations, the things that you really expect to see performed by your team members. And the other thing I would say here is, you know, document this stuff. I mean, you can certainly ask them to sign off on it and all that, but, but you know, document, have it written down so people can see it. Uh, you can pull it out and talk about it at any given point. It shouldn't just be a verbal thing. Um, there's lots of ways to communicate these expectations. You know, the, the clarity of this for Brian and I is maybe different than, than yours. Uh, we, we went out and observed the top performers. We called them the A-team. They were substantially outperforming everyone else. And we observed their behaviors. We then went to the bottom performers. We called them the C-group. So top 10% versus the bottom 10% and observed their behaviors. And what we saw was a total absence of the behaviors of the A-group. So we knew that the number was behavioral. And so this is very real for us. So make sure that your metrics are behavioral. They're moved by behavior. And uh, you can, you can, you know, accomplish incredible things. And again, we compared the A group with the C group. We didn't look at the B. And it was so clear to us that the behaviors were absolutely different between the A group and the C group. And once you connect with that in whatever you do, your industry, you're going to be unbeatable. You've got the secret sauce. It's right there. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, these uh, expectations, the clarity of it, it really does create engagement overall. So uh, like I mentioned at the beginning in the workshops that I've uh, facilitated, so often this next piece is really connected to everything we just talked about. So establishing some sort of rhythm of accountability that can really move a team to engagement, move a team to action. There's some elements here that I think we can talk through that do bring those expectations to life. So you want to walk uh, walk the group through the next piece? Yeah. So the term exception reporting refers to sort of ranking everybody on the number. I, I had the pleasure of working with Salesforce.com uh, with one organization for about a year. And we defined the metrics that mattered. And then we developed a ranking system so that we would know how everyone ranked and how they were performing. And they would call that exception reporting. So picture a ranking of results based on that uh, significant number that you've defined. And again, we, we would, ex uh, on expectations, by the way, keep it narrow, maybe three to five expectations. And then when you rank your team, that would be called exception reporting. So picture a number next to Brian Brockoff. Sorry, Brian. And a <laughs> ranking next to Brian Brockoff. And he knows that that is going to happen every Monday morning, every week. And wow, 
that creates engagement if if he's someone that desires to be a top performer for for many it drives them to a performance level that as a leader we can't even imagine it it leads us into a new direction but exception reporting matters it needs to be rhythmic meaning it repeats itself uh the results are known it can be accompanied by conversation with the top group about how they achieved it i found that when i was ranked with a group of people that i always wanted to be number 1 other people find that when they're ranked with a big group that they don't want to be on the bottom both of those reactions to exception reporting are positive to the total number people fighting to be number 1 and people fighting to not be at the bottom create a movement in the number and remember we've already given them the behaviors that equal better performance so this now brings it home it moves the whole group forward exception reporting is significant and again when you make it rhythmic it's coming out every monday everybody it affects the behavior of the team for that entire week whatever time frame you're looking at again if you can make it a week it's significant if you make it monthly it gives a little bit of lag quarterly is too much lag uh so i don't know the industry you're in so think about it but the more frequent the reporting the more significant the movement can be and the more sustained it can be yeah i agree i think uh, a week is the right measurement time frame um you don't want to go too short either you know a daily there's there's just not enough time to affect things a week is a good snapshot i think of behaviors it can you know give you enough time to react before the the month is over before the quarter is over and so forth um, one thing I would say, you know, when you think about the term exception reporting, we're looking for exceptions in the, the behaviors and, and the results. So you look at the results, um, you create a scorecard around that, and you can really dig into, you know, who are the top performers, who are the bottom performers. And then from that, you can ask, you know, great questions around the behaviors that are creating those results. The term exception reporting, what that refers to is there are people at the top that are absolute exceptions to the group. Mm -hmm. As a leader, you need to know what those exceptions are. And in the same vein, there are people at the bottom that are exceptions. They're likely exceptions to, again, the behaviors that are required. So as a leader, exception reporting gives you incredible insight because it shows you the behaviors that equal the top, and the behaviors that equal the bottom. And it is up to you to move that bottom up and learn from the top because it can likely help the whole group move forward. Exception has really multiple meanings here. The top is an exception. The bottom's an exception. As a leader, you need to understand it and take advantage of that. If that does that make sense, Brian? Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the other element to this, and you mentioned rhythmic. So thinking about your leadership rhythm, which, you know, that's a term that we talk about all the time, and creating a rhythm of accountability. I think that's that's what we're getting to here. This is something that um, when we think about your leadership rhythm, this is behaviors that are repeatable, that your team can look at and count on and know that it'll happen. 
So when you're looking at these uh, this exception reporting, um, publish it regularly for the team to view. You know, update it as frequently as you can so they know where they stand. Uh, this gives them the opportunity to course correct their own behaviors as needed. Yeah, and how this drives engagement is you have put my name next to a number. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's my family's name. It's my father's name. My grandfather's name. You've put it next to a number. So if you're going to put my name next to a number, it's going to be a good number. That's often the human reaction to that. So exception reporting can be incredibly effective. Don't underestimate it. Don't shy away from it. It, it really can work. Absolutely. And then from there, so now you have your, your data, your information, and now you need to do something with it. Uh, we often talk about uh, when we look at um, when you generate any sort of report, there should be some sort of action that happens from that report. Otherwise, you're just wasting paper, right? So there's really two options for you to react. Uh, what do you think, Mark, the, the next step here? Well, so the next step is really a, a recognition rhythm. We um, we did a podcast some time ago. Uh, we are what we celebrate. So the team creates a cultural inference from what we celebrate. So when you celebrate the top performance in what we've just described, in that number, in that behavior, set of behaviors that equal that, it creates a cultural impact. So you need to develop, separate from exception reporting, a recognition rhythm around the numbers that you expect. It is of great significance. It is an unbelievable driver, again, of engagement. And it, um, it also reiterates the behaviors that you expect. And again, if you can do this weekly, monthly, whatever um, works for what you do, it uh, it becomes cultural. And when recognition becomes cultural, engagements off the charts. You can have people that don't want to be part of the team from this, and likely they would not be successful on the team. But the people that thrive on this create results that we can only imagine, and they lead everyone forward. And you need to be open as a leader to the idea that there will be those on the team that will create results that you can't even imagine or see, and they will lead you forward. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to just kind of lean into is the rhythm piece of this. So creating a recognition rhythm. So again, this is a repeatable behavior that people will count on. So if your team knows that you will be celebrating the wins and highlighting the, the the efforts that you know of the people who contributed to those wins, they know that you're going to be celebrating them on you know whatever date. They know how you're going to be celebrating those things. Um, they can really count on those uh, behaviors from you as a leader. That does create engagement overall, and and really does build that culture you mentioned. Yeah, we had. Um... We worked for an organization at one time where we knew 
that every year we would go to Las Vegas and that we would celebrate the top performance and we knew what the measurements were. So for an entire year, we knew what the game was, what the score was, what um, what was expected. That That created within the group industry-leading performance. It was very clear that those that wanted to be top performers were motivated by this. They were at high levels of engagement. They were seeking out the behaviors that would equal the results. They knew what the results were. And they were going after it. And it it just was of of great significance to to know that annually we would celebrate at the end of the year, you know, for those things. Uh, you've got to decide what your what your timeframes are. One of the organizations we work with now does this quarterly. So they've narrowed it down to a quarter. And it's of significant financial impact for the team. It's of significant, you know, recognition impact. But come back to we are what we celebrate. Your team should be very clear what you celebrate. And what you celebrate needs to matter. So just be careful when you celebrate and celebrate the things that matter. And you can drive the behaviors forward and therefore the results forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then with exception reporting, of course, there's not always the 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 big wins to celebrate sometimes there's the opposite so having to react to underperformance and uh, establishing some sort of rhythm around coaching and mentoring uh might have to be the outcome of that uh what are your thoughts on that one mark well so in whatever your whatever your metric is you're going to have the top and the bottom you have to have a plan to move the middle to the top and the bottom to the middle. And when you do that, the, the overall number moves dramatically. So you do this through coaching and mentoring, and you learn it from the top. So the top group has a different set of behaviors that you need to share with the middle and the bottom, and you move it, you move it forward. So this has to be part of your plan. We have found, and this may be different than what you're thinking, we have found often that the bottom performing group can become the top when they know what the behaviors are. They just didn't know. They didn't connect with it. It's likely our issue as a leadership. So there are top performers in that bottom group. When you get through to them on the behaviors that they need to create, everything changes. So develop a coaching and mentoring process that gets through, that moves the middle to the top, the bottom to the middle at least. And uh, it creates, again, a culture of winning, culture of engagement. Imagine the engagement of someone who is at the bottom, who's suddenly performing at the company average. That's huge. That's huge to them. It changes everything. And again, likely the behaviors that they will exemplify going forward, we can learn from. So uh, so establishing a coaching and mentoring process uh, really brings this forward. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you think about someone who's performing down at the bottom, they see that on the on the exception reporting and they're struggling to get out. 
and you spend time with a structured process for coaching and mentoring, spend additional time on their performance versus just simply jumping and writing them up and so forth. Just imagine how, how they'll feel about you and the organization that you really care about them and their performance. And, you know, knowing that you care about them, that's one of those are really behaviors that really drive that overall engagement. Well, and often the, Bottom performers are not the issue. You're the issue as a leader. <laughs> right, right. You you didn't teach them the things they needed to know. You didn't share with them. You weren't clear. So look in the mirror. Often you're the reason for the bottom performance. You're taking credit for the top, but <laughs> you, you uh, right. by the way, you own the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so figure out how to bring them up. And in that group, is likely a set of top performers that you didn't know about. And wow, that changes everything. It changes everything for you. It changes everything for them. And it causes that top performer group to step it up. Yeah. There's a, there's a new game in town. Yeah. Well said. Perfect. Well, I think we gave everybody uh, five really good bullets this week. Uh, let me walk through them again for everyone uh, if you want to write them down. So first thing is define results expectations. Next is define behavioral expectations that deliver the results. The next thing is develop exception reporting scorecard rhythm. The next is create recognition rhythm. And the last thing is establish coaching and mentoring rhythm. So look at all those things. Those are the five uh, tips we're leaving with everybody this week. Anything else, Mark? Well, so those five things drive engagement off the charts. The top performers feel valued. The bottom performers feel uh, supported. And they're moving up. And uh, everyone wins. It's it's a pretty amazing. Looks like you just, you know, created another book to write here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Great job, Brian. Yeah, really, those are five key steps from Gapology all packaged together nicely with a nice little bow on it for you. Well done. All right, you too, Mark. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Yep. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on Gapology, Imbar, or Speed of Purpose, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.